0: All right, live BP baseball show podcast. We're honored, honored as always, Christian Arroyo, um, the straw that stirs a drink when it comes to entertainment on the Red Sox. I'm going to say it, Christian. You don't have to say that. Well, if you want to say that, that's fine. Good, good job. Hey, thank you. But, I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, there's, and listen, you're you're glowing because you just thank were you. married. Did you go on a honeymoon? No,
1: we didn't. No, we didn't. Uh, the way that the timing of everything, you know. It, we wanted to make sure we had amount of time where we felt comfortable where we weren't away for too long. Yeah, obviously uh, she works and, you know, I got to get ready for the season. So we didn't want to, didn't want to wait, not waste, but we didn't want to take two weeks out of the off season to, you know, do that. So we're going to enjoy that next off season. We'll go your on. honeymoon
0: is watching Tom Brady perform for your beloved yes. Buccaneers, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. And to all the new England sports fans and, Patriot fans, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan my entire life, I say thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing us to bask in the greatness of the one we call Tom Brady. So thank you.
0: Have you? Uh, do you have a Brady Bucks shirt?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I have three.
0: <laughs> oh, so are you? I have. To, do you go to the games? Do you? So you wear the? You wear the? You're the grown man who wears the Brady jersey.
1: Oh, I have. So. I have every jersey of, like, every guy that we have. Like, I'm, I'm a fanboy. Like, that's my sport that I – you know, I fanboy over the Bucks. The Bucks have been my favorite because I've always been a huge football fan and obviously playing baseball. Like, I grew up liking the Rays. They were my favorite team. But I was more of a – I was more of a player, a player fan. So, I like players from around the league. Um, and then, obviously, when I got drafted, I was like, well, you I mean, I really can't have, like, a favorite team. And then when I went over there and I played for them, obviously at the time they were my favorite team. But you know, obviously when you leave that team, career-wise, you you, you move on to the next team that you play with, and that becomes your favorite team. So uh, it was just easier for me to always love the Bucks. I've always been a Lightning fan and a, and a
0: Bucks fan. So well, my condolences. I mean, yeah. I have to say that being from Boston, but you know, so yeah. Would you ever? So have you been seduced by the Tom Brady way of life? Like this is this is the ultimate. Ooh. Like so, are you eating avocado ice cream? Are you sleeping? Yeah, no. In space, space age I'm pajamas? Not. No, nothing. No,
1: I, I, I don't do. I can't live by the Tom Brady, uh, the Tom Brady, the Tom Brady way. I guess you could call it. I mean, obviously it works, but yeah, I, I, I tried the avocado ice cream and I, I didn't like it. I wasn't a huge fan. I like did avocados. You, I didn't like the avocado ice cream. Did you really so.
0: did you da- did you dabble in the whole Brady thing a little bit? I mean, everyone does it. I remember Hanley, yeah. Hanley, Ramirez, Hanley Ramirez had he shows up yeah. one day with his bands and he's like, look at yeah. TB twelve. I'm like, okay, great. That's super. Yeah. Have you yeah. dabbled in that?
1: Uh, you know what I've actually dabbled in is I've dabbled in his product line a little bit, uh, just because it's NSF certified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've dabbled in like the multivitamins that they offer. I think fish oils and probiotics or something just to, you know, just to see if it was another product that we liked because one of the bigger ones in baseball right now is clean, clean athlete. So I was like, you know, mix it up a little bit. Um, so I've dabbled in the TB12 product line. And, uh, I will say this, I will be dabbling in the Brady brand. He just launched his, uh, clothing line and it looks, uh, it looks pretty all multi-purpose. I'm talking like golf polos. We're also talking workout gear. So, uh yeah i'll probably dabble in that because i spent a lot of I, yeah i spent a lot of time at lululemon so we're thinking brady brand might be the hey, next thing.
0: okay here's the thing when you wear lululemon right it doesn't yeah. necessarily say lululemon like across your chest
1: oh like, no you can't even says, tell
0: this is basically brady you have to, you oh, have to be all over brady boom yeah <laughs> no i i just uh, honestly
1: I, I saw he had a polo one of the polos i think they advertised And that was one of the things. It didn't even say Brady on it. I think it might have had a logo on like the collar or something. Um, So I I think I might dabble in one of those, just because they're you know they're low key, they're discreet. Now the ones that say Brady on it, I don't know if I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, you know, shout out Tom Brady, but if he gifted it to me, you know, maybe I don't know. He is a he is uh, a
0: huge huge listener to this podcast. So yeah, that's what that's what I've heard. That's what
1: I heard. Top listener. That's what I heard.
0: All right, well, hey, listen, man, congratulations on a great year. Um, thank great you. Great building block for your career, obviously. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate had, it. Have you had any time to sort of like – this? it was a – obviously, it's a whirlwind. Terry Franklin oh, yeah. you know, always used to say, you know, play, <clears throat> when you make the playoffs, it's like you fall off a cliff. It just ends, right? Yeah. And Oh, yeah. Have you had, had – did you get a chance to say, okay, you know what? You know, going back to spring training, Christian, I mean, there was mm-hmm. – there was no and i remember talking to your buddy tom you know about that throughout spring training like he's he's gonna make the team he's gonna make the team he's the best player in spring training and and you were you were the best player in spring training you go back but you did have to make the team and now you're absolutely how far you came i mean it isn't you've come a long way man Mm -hmm.
1: yeah no 100 percent. i mean and thank you again i appreciate it um uh, the great thing about this game, though, is, is, is it'll humble you in some of the most unexpecting ways. You know, I, if you told me that my career path would have led me to, you know, Boston, going through San Francisco to Tampa to Cleveland for the short stint and then ending up in Boston, I would have – if you told me that when I debuted with the Giants, I would have told you you're crazy because every, every player has the same uh, the same dream. And that's the team you get drafted by is the team that you want to stay with your whole career. And, um, obviously the way that the game works nowadays, it doesn't happen that much, you know, guys get traded, whatever happens and it happens and you move on. And, and I was such, I, I was very young when that happened and it was my first reality of what the business was, but, um, it took me a couple years to learn how to deal with the business aspect of the game. Uh, i never dealt with it before. I mean, hardly ever dealt with like failures, I guess, in the minor leagues, like even when I was in low A, it was my first experience or ex- first exposure to to failure. And it, it, it only happened for about a month. And I kind of, I, I had like a thumb thing and then they, like, I could have played through it, but then I got sent to Arizona because they wanted me to rehab. And then it ended up turning into let's go to short season and kind of reset. Um, you know, we don't want to mess with a young player's confidence. And which is fine. And, and you got to protect your younger players, I feel like, because again, I came from a year before that I was playing high school baseball, where if I didn't go four for four, that was a bad day. Three for four with two home runs and a double is not a good game if you get out the fourth time. So um, it, it was it was definitely a shock to me to, to to figure out how to fail and how to get good at it, because you're going to fail way more than you succeed in this game. So um, but yeah, again, like you, you you getting back to spring training, it was just one of those things where I wanted to put myself in the posi- best position possible to make the team. And, you know, I mean, I came in, I thought I was in really good shape and, you know, I just wanted to be ready and I was so, uh, and you, you never know, you never know what could happen. Obviously the way the year turned out, I mean, would I've envisioned it going that way, I can't tell you I would have, but was I always confident in my ability and that I could, do what I've done and what I expect to continue to grow at. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's just part of being a professional athlete. You have to have conviction with what you believe in, and you have to have confidence. So, um, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of learning experiences. Um, I've got to sit back and kind of reflect on it a little bit. Obviously, with the wedding and everything, it was, it was, it was kind of like you said. You just kind of fall off a cliff. It sucks. It's the worst feeling ever because. You know, we're sitting there during the middle of the season and you always know that there's another game tomorrow or there's another game in two days if you have an off day or something. But like when you're in the playoffs and you're continuously playing, I mean, there was one point, you know, when when we were on a roll there against Tampa, I was like, I don't know if anyone's ever going to beat us again. And that's what you feel like. So you're in your, in, your, in your direct vision is you see the possibility, the very real possibility of playing in the World Series and winning the World Series. And then, you know, it's just like, we come out the first game and we lose, tough game. And then we come out and we just beat the brakes off them game two. And then game three, it's like we're rolling. And I was like, "All right, like I really like where we're at." And then, I mean, again, hats off to Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia. I'll say it's all blue in the face, but they did what they needed to do. They pitched two outstanding games and they sent us home. And obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible feeling. You never want that as a player, but. Uh, You know, there's a lot of learning experience for me to get to play in the postseason for the first time. I mean, there's players that, you know, never even got to play in the postseason their entire, you know, 10, 15 year career in the big leagues. So for me to get to experience that was truly special, especially wearing a a Sox uniform.
0: So what so, you know, you go into like you played in the major leagues. You have experience. um, You go into spring training, like you said, put put your best put forward. But now you Mm -hmm. come out of this year. Give me something mm-hmm. that you, that you like. I learned this. Like I didn't yeah. realize this about. Um, you know, because you're yeah, still yeah. a young man. It's you know. Yeah, hundred
1: percent. So. No, hundred percent. You know, and the way I would kind of look at my career is, um, you know, I'm still I'm still learning. You know, I, I still have a lot to learn. You know, and I. Well, I what's I the totally biggest thing? That.
0: If you said to say like yeah. I like I had no idea. Hundred
1: percent. The biggest thing that I had no idea was how much, and they kind of tie in together, but how much your mind can truly affect your level of play. And I say that uh, it's multiple facets to, to what that means. The first one being like letting the negative thoughts get into your head as far as when you're struggling. Like this time I really felt like there we, I had a support cast that was there to help me get not only get better, but to get out of my funk. Everyone goes through these funks. And before, I, I just felt like I was so I put so much pressure on myself. I was so hard on myself that I wouldn't let myself get out of my own way. So this year, I just let myself get out of my own way and just really trust that, dude. No matter how bad it is, at this game you're gonna fucking excuse my French. Right? I'm sorry if I'm cursing. All right. but you're gonna play. The, you're gonna play the next day, and when you play the next day, you better be ready and not for, and not remember what you did yesterday. And in the same exact effect, in the same respect. Just because you hit two homers yesterday, that doesn't mean you're gonna hit two homers the next day. So it was having that quick memory and kind of getting over and flipping the page, you know. And I I learned that from JD because JD just he's a consummate pro, but like the way he handles his business, bogey's the same way. I mean, even Rafi, like these guys have been around the game, and Chris Sale, guys that Natovaldi. Evaldi. I mean, I could go down the list, Kiki, all these guys, like even just getting to watch them, even if they didn't tell me, but getting to watch them have success. Like, yeah, I got excited when I would have success, but it was like, all right, that was tight next, you know? And that's how JD was. It it was crazy. Like the first time, like JD's three-run, three-homer game that he had in Baltimore early in the season, if I hit my second one, I'm like, dude, I'm going for three and I'm, I'm ecstatic. Like I'm all bubbly and this and that. JD gets up with the same demeanor every single at bat. He hits his first home run. He hits his second home run. After his third one, he goes, all right. He's literally, after his third home run, he's coming back in the dugout talking with, with Pete, which shout-out to Pete. I know can't really talk to him right now, but shout-out to Pete for getting the, the, the head job. I, I love you. Um, but he goes right to Pete, and they start looking at the iPad. And I'm like, bro, you just had three homers. I think that's three – technically, it's three perfect swings. What are we looking at the iPad for? But that, that's the, that is the, the, the dedication to, like, perfection that you have to have. And I learned that from those guys, you know, those guys would, those guys would hit balls and like pepper the wall and come back in and like, I got to look at that. You know, I, I, gotta, I gotta hone that feeling in, or you know what? I know I had a good result, but the result could have been better if maybe I did this. So one of the, that was one of the biggest things was just getting out of my own way and like being willing, really just willing to listen to any and
0: everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact is, is that, you know, you went on some really, really good runs and obviously, you know, mm-hmm. You you had some roadblocks along the way, but yeah, but you went on. Like you really have to bounce back from as many yeah. as many hiccups that you had, yeah. um, just fluky hiccups. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this in the past. So I mean, it's, yeah. you know, slipping yeah. the bag in New York or whatever it is, 100 no, yeah. percent. but but you know, to to be able to, to to sort of bounce back and come away from those, I mean, you must take a lot of pride in that, right? Oh,
1: absolutely, you know, and it's uh, like I said, man, the last last three four years is it's it seemed like an uphill battle every day, every year, you know, going in the spring training. It's always felt like an uphill battle, and it, and it 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 will it'll continue to be that way because that's, you know, that's just the that's the nature of our business. Like I said, you know, you fail so much in this game; it's always an uphill battle. You know, you're not going to hit 500. I'm sorry, you're just not. You're not going to ever be fifty fifty. If I fail seventy percent of the time. I'm, I'm a hall of famer. You know, if I had 300, I'm a hall of famer. So like, I think that learning that it's like, you have to almost, you have to learn how to give yourself the pat on the back. Because if, if you look for external validation, sometimes it's tough because when you feel like you're at your best, someone else might be at their worst and they're not, you know, you can't rely on other people to be the ones to pick you up. You have to pick yourself up. And I think that what helped me was, you know, obviously my wife helped me a lot, my family and having my dog out there just kind of release this like need to when I got home. Like I felt like I had to do something to figure out how to move on to the next day when it was just like you go home, you kind of take your 10 minutes, 15 minutes, hone in on what you what you did wrong that day and just get better and go do it again the next day, you know, and so coming back from the hiccups and stuff, it was the same way. You know, it's like, how can I change this? It's like, I don't know how I'm going to, how am I going to change getting drilled in the hand two times within six days? I don't know. I'm not going to back off the plate and get away from my approach. I'm just going to wear a pad on my hand and hopefully it works. And it just so happened not to work. Like, yeah, did I have crappy luck for sure? But you know, I don't, you know, every hiccup that I had, I just, As soon as I came back, I wanted to make sure I was ready to play and just contribute in any way that I could, you know, especially towards the end of the season. Like I remember when I came back, we had Iggy, and Iggy was the best player in baseball at that point. You know, he couldn't make an out. I'm a I'm a realistic human being. I want to go to the freaking postseason. Like I've missed a couple months and I'm coming off of the IL and my timing's not back. I'll work on some stuff. I'll do what I gotta do. I'll take care of me. But I never expected to just jump right back into the fire and say, all right, Iggy, you're going to go to a different, you know, you're going to kind of fade off into the abyss. No, because let's be real, without Iggy, who knows if we even get to the playoffs. So like when we got, when I got back, i never, I never once like sulked or anything. I was just happy we were winning. You know, I was more stressed out, not being able to play watching the guys. Cause I'm like, God, like if we lost and I was there, that'd make me feel better than like me not feeling like I can't do anything about it, you know? So And it got to a point like that Baltimore series when we lose two or three to Baltimore at the end of the season. And it felt like the season was over. I knew at that point, my job was to just keep guys going, you know, whatever I had to say, whatever I had to keep a guy loose or I had to keep a guy under control, you know, and, and it happened throughout the season a lot, you know, and we, we have guys that are like a guy like Rafi, who's so talented, uber talented. And sometimes he's so hard on himself. Sometimes he just needs someone to say, Hey, dude, you're, you're really good. You're fine. Just, Calm down a little bit. You're fine because you're, you get so, you know, you get, you beat yourself up so much. So, you know, coming back from the hiccups was, was easy for me because I mean, I hate to say it, but I've done it before, but again, every time I came back, I never was trying to go out and pick up where I left off. I was just come, trying to come back and help the team win one game.
0: So I, I froze up here, but this, as long as you can hear me, that's okay. Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Um, yeah. Uh, so what was your exit interview like?
1: Uh, so it was funny. We actually, we didn't even have them. We didn't, ha- we didn't have them during the postseason. I think, cause you know, we were just still playing. So it wasn't anything we wanted to plan, but, um, you know, after the season, it was, it was, it was all positive. Obviously, uh, we, you know, we touched on the, we touched on, like we said, you know, the fluky injury stuff, but, uh, you know, all in all talking with Pete, uh, cause at this time, I believe Tim had already taken the job with Texas. So, um, it was, uh, it was Ramon was on the call, uh, Fables was on the call. Will Venable was on the call. Um, Brad was on the call, like our head, our head, uh, or our head, uh, PT, um, ATC. And then, uh, who else was on it? Uh, Chris Messina, uh, was on the call, our head strength guy. And it was just goals to get ready for spring and, and what I needed to do in the off season to be prepared for the season. And, and, uh, you know, just, getting ready for next year. You know, everyone was complimentary of the work that I did, obviously. Um, you know, I don't hide the fact that I work really, really hard. I've worked really hard to be where I'm at, but, uh, yeah, it was just complimenting me on the amount of effort that I put into getting back on the field and, and never kind of having that gritty attitude of like, not one of these things is going to slow me down. Like this is just, it, it's a, it's a minor, my minor bump, but I'm going to be back and I'm going to be ready to play. And, You know, I think that it was a it was a year of like mental fortitude, really challenging on the mind. So, um, yeah, it was a good it was a really good exit interview. Uh, You know, we just talked about staying athletic and, you know, not trying to do too much because that's when I usually get in trouble. It's when I get excited, get in the moment trying to do too much. Every baseball player will tell you that. So, uh, yeah, it it was a really good exit interview. And like I said, you know, I'm still learning stuff and I'm still figuring stuff out. And that's why. You know, you got the off season to kind of retool, readjust, and pick back up where you left off.
0: So, what's your goal? What's number one goal
1: for me? Yeah. Well, number one goal for me is is fully healthy season. That's okay. it. You know, that's the primary goal. I think that at this point, um, health is health is a one. You know, they say sometimes the best ability is availability, and you know, I know it was frustrating not only for me, but it's it's frustrating for you know the fan base and for, and for the team sometimes, because it's just like, damn, like this guy just either can't catch a break or it seems like he's, you know, either, hate to use the word, but injury prone or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it's like, I, it, it, again, I would understand it if it was, I was straining and I was, you know, I just was swinging a bat and something happened, whatever, and stuff happens over the course of a long season. But um, for me, it's the, the, the first, the thing that I think of right at the top is I I want to be healthy the entire season, so um, yeah, that's that's probably the the most important thing. And then I think that with health comes, you know, opportunity, and with opportunity comes the the ability and the and the and the opportunity to learn and adjust and do what you got to do. So
0: well, so Coop is gonna he does always ask the his favorite Christian Arroyo moment and ask you for you okay you're thirty for thirty uh, the behind the scenes of the favorite moment. But before okay. he does that, I one of the goals that you should put forth for yourself is yeah. um, entering our race, which is growing, right, Coop? Our races. What are we right? up to three now? And we're gonna go up to three and um, four if Coop races. So I don't know if you okay. spot, but Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Hauck have been going back and forth. Um okay. Who is who actually faster? Um, very, oh. very serious conversations. So between much between Garrett and witty. Yeah, I mean so much so oh. that they actually jumped on the podcast, each of them, to throw down okay. this, and actually have, so, have promised that they will race. But now I'm trying okay. to in the fee. First of all, you probably witnessed those two run, correct? Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: I did. Now they say now they both admit that Evaldi and Sale, those guys, can beat them. But this is just about them. Yeah. Okay. Who, who who is the faster one? Ooh. That's tough.
1: That's tough. Um, hmm. So the thing is, it's tough with pitchers, you know, because Halker when he uh, like Halker on his start days, the next day, he kind of, you know, it's more long distance running, you know, they're not really running too many sprints. Um, Obviously Witty because, you know, bullpen kind of got to get those quick bursts of energy. So he's kind of running, I guess, more, a little more full speed. Um, Tanner kind of, Tanner kind of seems like a sneaky athlete, but then again, Garrett, Witty seems like a sneaky athlete too. That's a good one. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh... oh man, either way I go, I know I'm gonna get crap from one of them. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Tanner. I gotta go with Tanner. God, I hate saying that. I love Witty to death, but I'm gonna go with Tanner. Okay Tanner mark looks that down, like Rob.
2: we got one for Tanner.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Tanner.
2: You and know, could, could
1: Whitlock's he? like the the Whitlock is I feel like Whitlock might uh might be a little more agile going left to right, but I think Tanner might might have them uh, straightaway speed.
0: And <laughs> could you beat them in a race?
1: hundred oh, percent, thousand percent. Absolutely, no without a doubt in my mind. There you go. I say that very confidently, not having seen any of them sprint, they might dust me. I don't know, but you know, I I am confident in where I'm at, you know, sprint sprint wise. So
0: we'll wow. see. Well, the good news is that we're having a charitable endeavor in spring training and you can now, okay. All right. right. Sounds good. What do you
2: got? So what are we doing? Are we doing one moment here? How many are we doing? One moment. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go kind of sentimental here. Um, so June 7th, this past season, you play in Miami, uh, you go two for three, two RBIs and you make a great play in the eighth inning off to your right. Um, I don't know if you've gone back and you've watched that play, but Jerry Remy made some remarks, and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. So he actually he said it's a beautiful play. Said yeah. for you to go and get that uh, lead runner in a close game like that is a smart thing to yeah. do. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever watch? Like, did you watch back and did you hear him say those type of things about you? Yeah, man. And it's just.
1: Oh, hopefully I don't start tearing up thinking about it because you know I I, I didn't really get to spend much time with Remy, obviously, but uh, growing up, listening to the, you know, listening to the broadcasts and everything, and just knowing, obviously coming to Boston and knowing the impact that he had on the organization, you know, I, again, I, I can't, I can't sit here and say that, you know, he, he, I can't sit here and say that our relationship was completely special. I know, like, again, with COVID and everything, it just sucked because I could never really talk to him, meet him, whatever, but I have a lot of family in the Northeast area in the new England area that are all Red Sox fans. And they would tell me, they, you know, they would give me the lowdown, like, Hey, Remy gave you a shout out, whatever the case may be. And to me, that always, that it was always special for me because um, again, you know, we were both second base, you know, he was, he was an unbelievable second baseman, obviously his career that he had in Boston, the fact that he was still doing what he did for Boston and, obviously the trials and tribulations that he overcame, um, you know, anytime you have someone of that magnitude speak about you in that manner or in that light, it, it, it's, it's truly special, you know? And, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I do remember that broadcast. Um, you know, I, I felt like that was even one of the games where I really felt like I was like, okay, like, yeah, like this is this starting to click. Like, like I'm starting to get this now. Um, and then for him to comment on that and say, obviously the words that he said all year. I mean, and the best thing was is my first Remy moment was when I first got called up uh, last year in 2020 during the shortened season was uh, Remy actually roasted me and I loved it. You know, I listened I mean, to
2: that. That's, that's not shocking coming from him though.
1: And and you know what though, you know, where some people could maybe get a little offended about I loved it because I knew in the, in the moment that I messed up and I was happy that someone called me out on it, especially the play, someone that was the caliber player as Remy was. And so it was, I sort I'll never forget it. It was uh, first, it was a runner at first. Harper was at first. Um, and there was no outs. I get a ground ball hit to me and Harper, because I was playing a million miles a minute, trying to impress everyone. Harper stops in the baseline and I go to tag him. And I missed the tag. And so I run him back to the bag. But he kind of like does this Olay move around me. Gets the second. He's safe. And I can't remember, but JT Real Muto was hitting. And I can't remember if he beat the throw or not. And I want to say he did beat the throw. And I just remember in my mind, I'm like, that was an awful play. Like, you're so much smarter than that. And I remember the broadcast listening to it. And, you know, I was like, well, what's Remy all about? What did, he, what did he have to say about it? And my buddy said, oh, dude, he roasted you. And I said, oh, really? And I listened to it and he said, what? And he basically was like, what was that play? It's an awful play. But then from that moment on, I was like, this guy truly like cares. Like he actually cares about the game of baseball. So I knew it in my mind. And that was the first Remy moment that I had. And then after that, I just was like, damn, I got to tighten up because Remy's going to be all over me. So,
2: but that's, you know, I then mean, I started- that's the nice thing about. Oh, and from the kind of the fan perspective here is growing up, listening to him, like you sit down, you watch a Red Sox game to be entertained, Mm -hmm. but you're going to pull out a few things, you know, as a young baseball player to pick up. and and That's why he was just so great and so well-respected.
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, consummate pro always knew what to say. Uh, You know, just really knew how to like, like you said, bridge the gap between the casual fan and the diehard fan and, bridge the gap between the older crowd and the younger generation, like could kind of bring everyone together. And, you know, he's going to be sorely missed. I mean, it's to think, uh, to think about, you know, a season without Remy in the box, it's, it, it, aches my heart, but again, yeah. you know, I, I wish, I wish I had more time to really talk to him um, and, and really just bounce information off him, ask him about how he did it at second. Like, like what were you thinking here? What were you thinking here? in this situation, what are you thinking? Because he was a great baseball mind, and he picked up on things immediately that some, you know, obviously there's a lot of really good announcers in baseball, but he was one that was very special. That was just – he just he just got it like that. And it was – you know, again, he's going to be sorely missed. But, uh, but yeah, he was – you know, for the short amount of time that I was able to play in front of him, I was – I'm very happy that I got to play in front of JRM.
0: Well, Christian, thanks. We're going to run out of time here, but thanks so much, Yeah. Man. I really appreciate it. No, absolutely. It. Don't thank be a Christian. No. I,
1: yeah, I, thank you guys for you, having me. I had you, a blast. If you were
0: to take the honor of uh, being our special Tampa Bay Bucs correspondent at the Super Bowl, uh, we would appreciate that, right?
1: All right. Jay, listen, I'm rooting for it, okay? I'm, I'm rooting for it. I, I, I need back-to-back. I love that. I love Tom Brady, and I love the fact that that he's the GOAT, but I need him to prove to me right now why he's the GOAT. We were down. We got injuries and stuff. But I need him to be big this week. We got a, a tough matchup with the Rams, but we got the goat on our side, so I'm feeling confident still.
2: So, it's great we'll hearing another goes. like fan base talk like yeah. this. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. We're, oh yeah.
0: Well, Christian, thanks so much, man. We're gonna run out of time. Yeah. Here,
2: but, but absolutely. But, but keep Rob, in Coop,
0: t-
1: thank you guys for having me.
0: Yeah. Have a great in, night. Keep in touch. I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds good.